life. That's how we live 24 7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses think about me with my sweet goatee. I'm rocking my Dockers with a cuff and a crease. I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece. I look nice. I got dozens of dollars and that's why. It goes straight to my daughters and my wife. I'm a miracle dad, making magic with the chipmunks and talent I have. I'm real hard in the yard. Hello, welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Another episode, Big Blue Drew here on a Wednesday night. I am utterly exhausted. I'll complain a little since it's the Dad Podcast. Long Dad Day. Just walked in the door. Haven't even got out of my work clothes yet. But this always gives me a little energy. So I'm excited. Got another great second time guest today. Um, Before I get into that, though, please, if you haven't heard on the last episode, go back and check that out. We had one of our first soon-to-be dads, good friend of mine, TJ Walker. Um, it was awesome talking to him and catching up a little bit, so we had a really good time. And then secondly, I wanted to shout out um, Mr. Sean Kroger. He was one of the only ones that left a review. If you remember last week, we had the leave a review challenge, and I'd send you something. So appreciate you, Sean. I mailed him a couple cards, a Nick Richards rookie card. So we're going to do that again this week. So if you'd like to um, get a cool – care package from Big Blue Drew, please drop a review on the podcast and I'm like, shoot me a message on Twitter or something and let me know that you did. I'll pick the best one at Big Blue Drew 33 or at Kentucky Dad Pod. So got all that out of the way. I got a few notes written down, but again, we're circling back with another second time guest, another good friend of mine, one one of the greatest dads out there in in the BBN. Bradley Key is joining us. Bradley, what's up? Hey, what's up, Drew, man? I appreciate the nice little intro there. I, I, I think myself is a highly father, but so, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate it. And I know I'm glad you reminded me because I'd be lying if I, I don't, I won't say I forgot, um, but I don't know that I was going to like proactively mention it right away until you got going. So you got a new baby in the family too. So uh, now I got a lot going on. Like I think you sent me in the, in the uh, text, it was a, the family of five now. So, so what's it like now you got your, got your twin boys and then, and then now a baby added to the mix, right? Yes. Yes. I have a three month old boy now. His name's Mal- Malcolm. Malcolm okay. Xavier. Malcolm McKee. was our number two name. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, it's like starting all over again, man. You know, I haven't done this in 12 years and, uh, uh, it's definitely has its challenges, but it's been great. He's awesome. We love him to death. Uh, his brothers are so proud to be big brothers. And, uh, my wife, she, you know, she's happy to, you know, have Malcolm and, you know, he keeps us busy. He, oh. he's in a stage now where he does not like to sleep during the day. Um, he will sleep pretty good through the night but during the day i'm a little daddy daycare here and so uh he he likes to challenge me so that's that's all good trust me man preach to the choir so so now wait so now you got your kids are 12 years apart yes yes the 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 boys the twins ashton and reese will be 13 next month so yes it's a almost a 13 uh year gap that's exactly the same for me i think we've talked (laughs) about that but yeah so <laughs> Lily's uh twelve ten oh seven and Calvin was two twenty four nineteen. So I got twelve mm-hmm. years too. So I'll say this, man. I know it has its major challenges, but like right now with me having the the teenage girl and the wild boy, it is it is whoo man. It really uh, <laughs> some days I'm definitely uh need a straight jacket or something. But I think though too, you're probably finding though right with that big age gap that uh the boys are probably a big help too. 
Yeah, they are. They are. They like to hold him, feed him. I still haven't convinced them to change a diaper yet, but they are big helps. They um they like to ride in the back seat with him and keep him entertained, especially when we go on road trips and stuff. Because you know, little kids don't like to sit in their car seats or infants or babies, where you want to say. But uh, yeah, they're big helps, man. They they're definitely proud to be uh, older brothers and have something looking forward to when they get off from school. Yeah, and we talked to I've talked to other um, parents with similar age kids, and I always hear, and I've said this on the podcast many times, that uh, uh, when there's the large age gaps like that, that as they become adults, especially the older ones, you know, when they get kind of driving, 17, 18, 19, that um, that bond kind of becomes unbreakable because they kind of like showing off their little siblings. And um, I know, I know for damn sure we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be turning down any uh, transportation help too once once the kids. <laughs> No, not at all. They even talked about it. I think when they turn 16, he'll be four. And uh-huh. so they're like excited to, you know, take him to the store, maybe get some candy. And I said, look, <laughs> he's going to be bugging you all to death, man. So yep. you, better be, you better be ready. He's going to be at that stage where, you know, it's all about his big brothers and he wants to be around them all the time. And even though it's a huge gap, but I think that it'll be definitely interesting to see how they do bond and what kind of relationship they will have because I think it's, it's, it's a good stage for both kids being a teenager then you know coming forward when you're starting to like walk talk potty train all that good stuff yeah there's a there's a lot that goes into it I think my daughter is going to get her license oh I know that she will because we talk about all the time on my 36th birthday we're exactly Woo. six months apart so she's going to get her license her birthday's 12 10 mine's 16 so you know she'll get her permit on 12 10 and then we'll have that you know little six months time to practice and then um <laughs> going into her junior year and I think about this every night because as of now the plan is I'm going to be driving her all over the world um, for the first year of the high school. And then I'm really already, uh, I'm already planning on, I, I think that the driving things don't change a lot. And I know with your boys, man, you're probably constantly drop off, pick up, got to be here. It's, it's like not an, I mean, I literally think I just made pickup at like eight seventeen. I'm supposed to be at eight fifteen. strode in the house, eight thirty nine. We had an eight forty five podcast. So I'm all about the uh, transportation freedom, even though that's going to be terrifying. Yes, yes, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I told the boys, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to hand them down my SUV. And I said, you guys are going to have to share, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, obviously, you know, insurance and trying to buy two cars, and that's a disaster. So I said, look, one car you have to share. Uh, yes, it's very nerve-wracking. But as of right now, I'm picking them up, dropping them off. They were playing football. And so, and, you know, getting them to school and, you know, uh, it's it's busy, right? But – it's why we, you know, become a father and we love enjoying, you know, time with our, spending time with our kids, taking them to school, taking them to practice, teaching them how to drive, you know, when that time comes. So, uh, yeah, it's nerve wracking. But um, like I said, I've been looking, counting down the days, I guess, on my calendar, like, oh, I got this many years until they start driving. You're going to have double the insurance, though, you know, all that stuff, I guess, in, in theory. Ooh. But I know you're probably kind of in the mode right now, though where it's helping me a lot with the second one, even though I, patience is not something I would describe myself with, but I at least try to um, appreciate the harder moments, I guess, a little bit more with the baby, because once you go a second round, especially with the gap between ours, um, and I'm sure parents listening with a lot of older kids, and you especially see this quality from grandparents, which is kind of just like, um, you, you're a little bit more lax because you, you know how temporary the things are. And especially um, the difficulties, like you mentioned, the baby being up kind of all day, 
you know, we know in two months it's probably gonna be the opposite, or it's gonna be, you know, be biting, hitting <laughs> up, or so. There's always that new challenge. So I've done better my second go around with, um, I guess not necessarily like freaking out, thinking that whatever challenge yeah. I have in front of me is gonna be forever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, obviously my first go around having two at one time. You want to talk about being terrified? <laughs> Uh, right. you know, I mean, like, you don't know what to do. They're both crying at the same time, or they both need diapers changed at the same time, or one sleep and then the other one cries, wakes the other one up. Um, right, right. you know, it's just like, you know, and at the time I was 26, right? So, like, I was still trying to figure out who I was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, trying to, I was basically, I felt like a kid raising a kid, you know, and, or a baby raising a baby. And now this go around now, I'm almost 40. Um, I definitely have a little more patience. I have learned a lot, you know, and like you said, I know that there's challenges in each stages with having a kid, right? When they're first born to sleep, you know, then you go through teething and then, then you go through uh, talking, walking, getting into everything, you know, there's all kinds of stages. So I've seen it now with, with the two 12, you know, twins, they went through all those stages and, you know, I pretty much kind of got them taken care of and I, they're still learning. I'm still teaching them every day, but you know, they can go in and go to bed and they can go and get to fix themselves something to eat. They can go sit down and watch TV. You know, they come hang out with me and, you know, I don't have to worry about entertaining them all the time. So, you know, with a newborn, you're constantly on your toes all the time, which is fine. It keeps you young. Right. So uh, this this time around is it's a little different, but it's it's definitely a blessing. You know, I love, you know, having my little man, you know, having three boys. So um, I can't say anything bad about it. It's definitely um, a true blessing. I, I actually get enjoyment out of my older sons um, spending time with their little brother and how much love they have for him. You know, I can see that they really love him. So that makes me proud as a father. So uh, it's definitely a joy, joy being a father. Good stuff, man. We got Bradley McKee here. And always nice too, but now that we have Bradley on, because you're not really connected to an, in, to an entity. Like you're, you're doing your own thing now with the B-roll productions. And we're going to get into it a little bit with um, Bradley because I know he's had the opportunity to, uh, I believe, see the football and the basketball team a little bit. I know the football team for sure because you put out some awesome content um, videos-wise and such. So we'll get into that just a little bit. A little bit different vibe, I guess, on the Dad Podcast this week because we probably asked you a lot of the same stuff. So we're not going to hit TV dads and things like that. But I did write down a few um, rapid-fire ones that we do that I think we've introduced since – since your last appearance. So one of the first ones being, it's a really good question. We got a middle of the week, basically a 9 p.m. podcast. So my question is, what did the McKees do for dinner tonight? Hey, the McKees, what we did for dinner tonight, we actually had uh, Costco. Uh, we had a little combination. So we went to Costco and we had this chicken and noodles type things, almost like oh, Chinese food with a broccoli. Yeah, we got that. The, back, the, the very back pre-made Costco section. Yeah. Right okay, okay. Yep. Got a little bit of that. And then we went to this place down. Uh, I picked up on the way back because I had to pick up the boys from football practice. So my wife was home making that. And then I went and picked up. We have this little um, Chinese place down at the bottom. We had some crab rangoon and some egg rolls. Okay. So we kind of like blended We blended right. it. You know what I mean? So... That was that was our dinner night. We had a little bit of um, noodles and chicken with a little bit of uh, egg 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 rolls and uh, crab rangoons. It was really good. So uh, we we try to you know especially nice like we had football. It just it's just hard 
to sit down and really, you know, make a full blown meal. And so we had to pick up some stuff. So that's what we had. Nice. I like that. You did a little mixture. Like we went out to eat, but at the same time, yeah. you didn't go out to eat. You got that, got that bulk Costco meal. I know those usually run under about 20 bucks. So that's, yep. a, go, that's a go-to for us too. They got the, um, the street tacos, which I feel like street Ooh. tacos is a, is a really like loose term. Now everything's a street yeah. taco, which is a <laughs> way uh, to our dinner. I actually went out with my dad uh, for dinner and I, for oh, the my. first time, shout out to Kentucky Roll Call boys. Um, I hit up Ooh. Salsaritas for the first time. I've never been to Salsaritas. Um, mm. I'm not a Qdoba, Moe's, Chipotle guy. Like, I love what? food, but I don't know. Every time I eat it, I just feel like garbage after. So I don't particularly oh. um, eat a lot of those. But this was this was a similar mode kind of orders. You know, you order up at the counter and stuff. But I like this. Salsaritas was legit. Um, so I think mm. I, I might add that into the rotation. It was a good, it was a good meal. Huh. I can't believe you don't like uh, Qdoba. That's one of my favorites. Now, I used to be a Moe's fan uh, and, and Chipotle. Now, I'm, I'm switching back to Qdoba. Qdoba, was, to me, I don't know. They're quesos off the chain. But anyway, yeah. we won't go down that road. I know you like what you like, so I ain't going to try to persuade you to, you know, do something else. <laughs> hey, quesos, quesos. So, so, I feel on that. So, man, that was a good dinner plan, though. I like that. It was a nice yeah. little mixture there. You guys uh, added uh, a little of both components there. So, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, too, I wanted to talk about. So we know Bradley has twin boys um, playing football, too. He's mentioned that. So I don't know if you know this, but we actually maybe um, a couple of months ago, we had Valerie Wade on the podcast, who is the mother of Destin and Keaton Wade, um, the Ooh. twins that are committed to the University of Kentucky in the class of 2022. And, mm. man, are they studs, dude. They absolutely showed out on Friday coming off defending a national championship – or, uh, excuse me, a state championship in the state of Tennessee – and um, I think uh, I think Destin ran for like an insane amount of yards. So I just had wrote that down since you have twin boys and kind of I guess yeah. kind of question up to you is like I can't imagine. Have you ever thought, especially with them playing sports, like not even maybe necessarily the University <laughs> of Kentucky, but you know them just playing in high school games and maybe even potentially yeah. college games together, and just I can't imagine the range of emotion that would bring bring from you. Yeah. Yeah, man, I I'll, I think about that all the time, you know, because they're big sports guys. They like football. They like basketball. Uh, they ran track. They like to run track. And so they're kind of experiment, experimenting in different sports, too. You know, I think they're talking about playing soccer, maybe potentially tennis. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it always runs to my mind if they do play together. I think it would be kind of cool you know, to be able to see them go to the same college and play together, whether it's where they're at, you know, if it's a big D1 or if it's a mid-major or if it's an AI school, you know, I'll be proud regardless. But, um, you know, um, it, it would also be kind of nerve-wracking if they went to opposite schools, right? right. You know, like, and they had to play against each other because, right. you know, one say one went to Louisville, one went to UK. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about, you know, uh, what what do you do? I think I was I told them about it. That. I said, if one of y'all go to UK and one of y'all go to Louisville, this, for example, I'm going to have to get a jersey that's like split in half, yeah. right, and, it's put, and put the last name on the back. I can't put a number, you know what I mean? I have to just put their name <laughs> and, may, you know, and, just, and the, I can't put a number because then they'll say, well, that's your favorite son. or No, it ain't, you know. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's definitely nerve-wracking. But uh, either way, I'll be proud of them just as long as I can get them to, to college where they can kind of be able to get their own degree and be able to live, you know, make some good money for themselves. That's funny. I, I had a feeling that you had probably went over that in your mind. But, man, you had even went a step further. I'm sure that's something that uh, you think about a lot, um, you know, having twin boys. And I know from the from the Wage Twins perspective, I always think it's really neat that um, 
how they're kind of uh, opposite on the field. You know, one plays quarterback, one plays mm-hmm. defense. So, man, as a and um, I know in talking to Valerie Wade, I just I know she's a she's emotional at the games, and I say it all the time to my wife because she's on some BS where oh they're not playing, but our son's not playing football. <laughs> I just let her talk for now because we got some time. But he if he wants to play football, he he definitely will be in every week. I have a, a good buddy too whose whose son's playing football, and he's been sending me videos, and I'm like. My heart gets pounding just just thinking about my son out there. I know football has to just be a, a crazy feeling as a parent in the stands. Yeah, it is. You know, like I said, tomorrow my sons have their very first game um, of the season. So, so right now they're they're at uh, they're at Schaffner or not Schaffner, sorry, Scrivener Middle School over New Albany, okay. and um, they they'll be playing against uh, Parkview. And so this their first game. Um, they 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 have one. It's like a backup quarterback, and he also plays safety. Another one's a receiver, and he plays a little bit of corner on defense. So they kind of play multiple positions, but they're super excited. I'm kind of nerve wracking. Actually, tonight um, before we got on this podcast, I was putting uh, visors on their helmets. They wanted visors so they can look cool, okay, you know. So okay. so they had to, they had the clear ones. We didn't do the tinted ones because I, I was like, look, ask, okay, yeah. You can't do the tenant ones. Look, I said, look, you got to be able to catch it, right? You can't be looking cool and have these visors on and you ain't going to catch it. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can't catch it, the visors are going off. So, you know, you they always want to look the part, but you also got to play the part. So, um, what about, but, so uh, I was doing that. A, can they get like a uh, Benny Snell spinning mouthpiece or something? They sell those. I've seen it. Can they get one of those? Yeah. Well, I did get them pretty cool mouthpiece. I got one who he wanted um, fruit punch flavored mouthpiece so we got that another one just wanted one of those ones that kind of kind of like benny snail but it didn't have the spinning thing on it, it would just kind of cover your whole mouth so um okay. but no, no no none of those they they you know their their colors are red and black and so they had to go with they one went with you know red the both went with red and mouthpieces so no spinning spinning mouthpieces maybe they will get that cool maybe they gotta prove first i gotta see how they do on the field first before we start getting right too cute with the mouthpiece you know what i mean so, uh, like so how's mom with football you know how, how's uh how yeah. i guess any other relatives that come and watch is that like always like a dad thing do you have anyone in your life that's like oh they shouldn't be playing football and giving you like cte stats and all that <laughs> you know there's there yeah there, there's some you know grandparents are always you know a little afraid uh you know my mom you know right. it's a contact sport right and you know and you know, they have all that gear on, but the good thing about it, their coach is really good. He teaches them the proper technique and, you know, yeah. and hopefully they go out there and perform, you know, those techniques when they're on the field. And it is a scare, right? I mean, you, you just never know. I always tell my sons, keep their head up. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ever put your head down. Keep your head up. You know, uh, even when you're talking low, keep your head up. Um, you know, and and – and then their and their coach is actually teaching them kind of like rugby, rugby style type of tackling, you know, where it's not necessarily that um, like the old school style. way. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So, yes, exactly. So, you know, you know, when you're that little, my sons, I don't, I don't think they're even a hundred pounds. I think they're like ninety five now. Oh, Maybe wow. with the uniform and everything on, they're like a hundred pounds. But these kids that they're playing against, because they're in seventh grade, sure. you know, seventh eighth grade, they're playing against some kids that are like two hundred pounds. You know, two two fifty. 
some of them are. And so I told him, I said, look, if you run the ball, don't try to run over anybody. Get out of bounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't got that weight like that. Just get out of bounds and live for the next play. You know what I mean? Go on to the next play. So I think they quite are like – I think they're starting to understand a little bit of that. Like, they're fast, but they don't have any weight to them. So um, the heck, they can't ride in the front seat. They got ride in the back. So I think he at least be like a – I think he at least be like 100 pounds riding in the front. They can't ride in the front in their seventh grade. So. Um, but it, so it's a little fear. I think grandparents have fear. Uh, I have a little fear there, but I don't really express it to them. I just kind of say, go out there and have fun play. Cause I don't want them to worry, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but yeah, we have some, and moms, you know what I'm saying? She's, you know, she's kind of like, you know, if that's what you want to do, you know? And so you just kind of like explain some of the consequences to them. Like this could happen, you know what I mean? So, uh, but you also got to, you know, protect them too a little bit and kind of educate them on things that could happen and, you know, and, but I guess we try not to worry because if you do, you'll worry yourself to death. (laughs) Yeah. I remember one, actually, I went to a football, I wasn't a huge football player and I always crack up because I don't know if you've ever seen the meme where it's like, it shows that the drill of like football players where you lay on your back, helmet to helmet, then you get up and just smash. Oh, yeah. and, uh, the meme says that like this drill has been making basketball players for decades. And that's so <laughs> true. Like I remember I was a high point Lobo and there was a couple of drills and it was, you know, a kid, I was good. I was scared to go to practice. I didn't like it. Yep. So I ended up finishing out, but yeah, I, I don't have any problems as an adult saying that, uh, that was definitely what, what turned me into a basketball player. But what I was getting at is when I did play football, I went to uh, male high school. And this was like, I don't know, Chris Redmond's probably like seven or eight years older than me. I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. he was like running the camp at Mayo, you know, with his dad. I think Bob Redmond used to do all that. So it was a, it was a good camp. And mm-hmm. I remember the very first thing we did was they took us. I remember like it was yesterday. Like if you go to the Mayo, you know, they kind of got like you walk back to the school. There's a football field. There's like a little yeah. like it used to be like a shed almost looking building for kind of like sports. And we went in there, and they showed us a video. Everyone had to watch it. I remember it was dark in there. Of a, I don't know if the guy broke his neck, but they showed a video of someone tackling with their head down, and it was, it was very, very gruesome. And uh, mm. that, that was their way of telling us to tackle with our heads up, and, and I won't forget that. But one thing that you said that I love, man, is that the kids play multiple sports. I hate it nowadays. The kids don't really get that opportunity. And I don't really blame anybody like – you know, so my daughter, her primary sport's basketball, but she asked about playing volleyball, et cetera. But, man, it's it's 365, dude. Like, if she wasn't yeah. taking time off, like, you know, she's not gifted enough to where she wouldn't miss a beat. So, a lot of me, um, it, it's really neat that the kids get this, like, this freakish training and stuff now. They have access to all this tools and data and, and all that kind of stuff. They're bigger. They're stronger. But it does make me sad because I know, looking back, I would have been devastated. You know, I, was, I played the, the three primary sports, football, baseball, basketball, um, so that's good, man. I'm glad they get a chance to do a lot of stuff um, because you never know. You know, they might find something that they like more and that other sport could make them, you know, better at their primary sport. So so good job, Dad, getting them, um, letting them kind of experience multiple things. I think later in life they'll really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I want them to have an opportunity to, opportunities to, like, you know, play any sport, try to do anything – because uh, you never know what you're going to like, right? You know, and so, like you were saying, I played all kind of the basic sports growing up too. But now with the training that they that these kids have access to, the YouTube videos you can watch, mm-hmm. the, you know, matter of fact, this past weekend, my sons, I took them to um, Lexington to go to the Midwest Spotlight um, 
Camp One tournament they have this place called the Sports Center in Lexington. Mm-hmm. They just opened up probably not too long ago, and there was 200 kids there. And my sons are probably the smallest one in their grade, right? They're seventh grade. They play against at least three or four kids that were 6'5 at seventh grade. I mean, these kids were like dunking in the layup lines. They were, you know, grabbing the rim. And my sons, ain't never seen anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, but, you know, you have the elite of the most elite, you know? And so, but it was good for them to kind of see, um, you know, how they size up and what they need to work on. And that's why I told them, I said, you go here, you're not going here to shine. There's no coaches here going to offer you any scholarships. You're just kind of seeing where you're at, see where your game's at, see what you need to work on. And I think they kind of understood that after leaving the camp, they're like, dad, there's some big kids there. I'm like, yep. And I said, this is how life is from this point on. You, When you're in elementary school, everything's all good, right? Everybody's the same height. Once you hit middle school, that's when the height difference, the size, the speed, the athletic ability, all changes. And so I think they had an eye opener uh, this past weekend, but they enjoyed themselves. Yeah. I've been in those moments. We, they did a one in like North Carolina and stuff. And man, it's, it's when you really see some of the best of the best, it is a, uh, it really makes you understand why that those kids have to bring their birth certificates and stuff like that. Cause it <laughs> definitely gets wild. But one thing I preached to my daughter a lot as a father, and I, it was something I honestly, I'll get props. I kind of taught myself this as just growing up is that I, I always tell Lily or whoever, you know, I say, we're going to be sitting here one day and I'd rather be saying, man, that, that didn't work out as opposed to, I wish I would have tried that. Like I always mm-hmm. said in sports, I'm like, if you're sitting there you, you want to raise your hand and enter the contest or you think you can do it. You just always uh, know what if. So I always just say, go as hard as you can. And, and I've definitely had situations where that's uh, bit me in the butt, but again, I, yeah. I'd rather, uh, I don't want any what if. So that's again, another reason I like multiple sports, but Good stuff, uh-huh. man, to get started. We got Bradley McKee on here from uh, B-Roll Productions. Um, before I forget, I got a couple more one-hitters. but um, So I know for sure you got a chance to see the football team. So you're, uh-huh. one, you're one of the few people, um, I'll say especially probably at field level, that's really uh-huh. got a chance to see this year's team, and specifically um, Will Levis chuck the ball around. So just, uh-huh. um, just kind of maybe recap the, the, the time that you got to see them, kind of um, if you had any takeaways from this year's football team. Yeah, you know, it was pretty uh, neat that, you know, Coach Stoops and the staff opened up the, you know, their practice for the media to kind of go in and check them out. And, you know, it was uh, it was a pretty warm day, but a nice day. And, uh, you know, they go through all their little normal stretching drills and some of their stations that they normally do, you know, because in one of those, they just kind of want to show the media a little bit of something, but not give them everything. So um, I had opportunity to go around and, you know, just kind of be up close and look at, look at the, you know, the offensive alignment, which is huge. You know, the big blue wall, it speaks for itself. I mean, it was crazy about that watching that, uh, the big blue wall, you know, Jagger, right. Jagger Burton, who just committed to Kentucky back in the, uh, the summer or last summer, I think, uh, he was actually small compared to some of the guys on the offensive line, like, you know, Kennard and some of those other guys. It was, it's unbelievable how the size has changed for the offensive line for the big blue wall. I mean, it's, it's crazy. They have such great weight training. Then you go over and you see the, you know, the uh, defensive ends, you know, then and the defensive linemen and, you know, how the size they have and the speed and the strength. Um, Kentucky looks like a totally different football team, I, I would say, compared to like the Joker era, right? Uh, Coach Stoops has really done a great job of making sure he hired the right people, the right staff to, you know, get get the guys ready. I think that the, I, I think that 
a lot of people don't really take a hard look or don't maybe take serious to the weight training that the Kentucky football team has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they do, they do such a great job of changing people's bodies, getting them ready. Just look at Josh Allen, right? Bud Dupree. When those guys came in, uh, they were wide receivers, right? Six foot four, two oh five. They left, you know, six foot five, two sixty, running uh, four five. And you know, and they've been, you know, obviously Josh Allen, first round pick, you know, and then guys like Benny. I mean, they just did such a great job. But seeing them up close, it was, it was, it was nice. And then, of course, when we get to the quarterbacks, right? Everybody, that's one of the biggest. You know, like, you know, everybody wanted to see what they, who was going to be, who was going to win the position. And I, you know, Will Levis. I mean, he does. He have a, he has a strong arm. You know, he looks the part. Uh, he's confident. Um, you know, he, he's. He it looks like he like commands like the offense, you know, like he wants everybody to listen to him. And I think he really wants to prove that he can play, you know, at Kentucky and turn the program around and be the leading quarterback. And I mean, you know, Bo Allen, he looked pretty good, too. He had a strong arm. And um, I think that, you know, because, you know, and, and when you play football, you just never know. Right. Any one hit could, you know, have Will Levis out. So I think Bo Allen needs to be ready at any time, you know. Uh, You just never know in football. Injuries happen. You know, I hate to see that, but but it happens. But, you know, um, for me, just watching the practice, they felt loose. Uh, I think guys felt loose. They were confident. It it was serious. Guys, um, you know, were really dialed into what Coach Stoops wanted and Leah Coleman wanted. Everybody was just on the same page, I felt like it. And I feel like sometimes uh, in the past, you would see guys, you know, sometimes you go to open practice, you see guys, you know, arguing, fighting, and, you know, wrestling around, and you're like, man, where's the bond at? It was a. It was definitely competition. It was. They were talking smack to each other, but it was in a in a good way. Respecting each other, we respect. You know that you are going up against the next. You know the. You know another guy as good as you, or maybe even better. And so I definitely enjoyed watching uh, the team compete. Obviously, Will Levis threw the ball all over the place. You know, I put out a video there on Twitter, and it was up on KSR. And, um, and you know, he's he's got an arm. You know, if he if I, you know, it's a little different when you're doing seven on seven with no mm. no pass rushers. You know what I mean? But he has a, he gets the ball out pretty quick. And there was a couple times where I, he threw a couple passes that went through the hands and hit the just hit hit some of the guys in the chest, and the ball like exploded off the chest. It was like a boom, you know, like, you know, like almost like an NFL quarterback, like a Brett Favre or something, you know, where you, they throw it so hard you could hear it hit the pads and it ricocheted off off their chest. Wow. Um, so he definitely has a strong arm. He's very confident in himself. And I think that he wants, you know, he he wants to be the man. And so um, I have I couldn't say that for – some of the other quarter quarterbacks been there. Not to say that they didn't really want that, but they just kind of looked unsure. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, he looks like he wants to be the guy. And so uh, overall, they look pretty good in practice. Now that has to translate to the field right on on Saturday. So I guess we'll see the first game coming up, which I think they should win and should win pretty big. But I guess when we get to like a Missouri or LSU that's when we'll see, you know, how they stack up. Yeah, and I agree. I think this can, I was just telling my dad about this earlier. It's like everyone's getting – every year it's like we're always – we go down Kentucky's football schedule and be like, when? We just convince ourselves of the, the automatic six wins, 
And even through mm-hmm. the success of Mark Stoops, it's never, uh, you know, maybe with the exception of a year or so, like really came that easy. We saw that last year um, when I know it was an odd year playing all that, you know, SEC games and stuff. But going back to the quarterback, Bradley, the thing about Will Levis to me, other than his stupid arm strength, is like he just seems like an SEC quarterback. I mean, we know he's the TikTok star. Um, just the way that he carries himself, he seemed like he's going to have the confidence to do it. And very similar to basketball, I think that that I've I said this a lot last week. I think talking to to TJ, um, I think the first half man against Louisiana Monroe is going to be so crucial, man. Can you just imagine if you know maybe the first drive or even the second drive, if Will can hook up with Wandell for a big touchdown? Like to me, I just think that could just set things off and might allow him to get a little bit more creative that game, put up some confidence, give some different looks. So I would just love nothing more than to see Kentucky go out and like you know, maybe score 21, 28 points in that first half and then just kind of never look back from there and then really roll into some of the, the tougher um, games in the middle of the schedule with confidence. I think that that's going to be um, a big deal for them. Uh, what about us, man? I'm anxious. I got to ask about Wandell. I know it was, again, it was a mm-hmm. 7 but from everything that I've heard, I've never seen him play in person. But um, every by all indicators, he's you probably saw him play in high school, but he's just different. I mean, you can just tell immediately yeah. that he's different. Yeah, he – He's definitely different. He He's a guy who you got to get the ball to. There, you know, there's no doubt about it. You, where you put him in a slot, you put him in the wide out, you just got to give him the ball because he does such a great job of making guys miss once he gets the ball. And I think that's something that Kentucky hadn't had as far as a receiver in a while. Well, obviously, Lynn Bowden was, but then they had to move him to quarterback. You know what I mean? So, like – you, you you need somebody who can make plays like that, who can make guys miss. Because we know in the SEC, those safeties and, and corners are fast. The linebackers are quick, and they're on you as soon as you catch the ball. So if you can make one or two guys miss, he can get upfield, um, you know, there's no doubt he's going to score a touchdown. And I think the reason why he came to Kentucky when he was at Nebraska, I think they misused him. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to put him at a running back running and he didn't back. want to play running back. Yeah, you're right. They were trying to get him the ball. Punt returns, running back, defense, <laughs> offense, whatever he yeah. could do. And what excites me most about Wondell is um, – because I would have been extremely excited had he committed to Kentucky out of high school because I think the, everyone knew the potential – but, man, just knowing that he was able to do it at a program like Nebraska, I think he was, like, freshman of the year um, in, the, in their yeah. conference or something something like that. So, I know he's he's done it already. Um, and I think that's just going to – makes all the difference in the world to me, knowing that he's already showed that he can do it against good competition. And, and going back to the confidence thing, I mean, he, he should already have some built up. Um, and, man, I just, I just keep going back to that. I just really want to see Will and Wandell hooking up early and often because it's just going to be such a change of pace, right? I mean, me and you have stood on the Kentucky football sideline, and, man, it, it, even on the games that we're winning, it, it can kind of be a painful thing to watch um, sometimes with just, I mean, the, the literal worst passing offense in Power 5 the last few years. So got to fix that. Um, but I think it seems like you've seen him with your own eyes that, that Will is um, Will's that guy. And then I, I 100% agree with what you said, and I keep trying to hammer this point home as, like, this is big boy football. Will Levis is not going to take every snap this season. Like I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that he takes the majority of it and everything's fine, but he, you know, he's going to get the wind knocked out of him. He's going to, you know, maybe go out against a good defense and have, you know, get rattled, maybe throw a couple picks, pull him off the field for a couple plays, whatever it is, um, a stinger is going to happen. So I'm also like almost equally as excited to see Bo get some run, um, which I think he will because Mark Stoops seems to be pretty genuine 
at the fact that, you know, he's the, he, he was the number two guy, you know, even over Gatewater, at least right there. So I think he's gone. He's going to get a chance to, to throw the ball around a little bit. Yeah, I, I think he will, you know, and I think that he's a guy who looks apart too, right? He's a big quarterback, you know, he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, got a strong arm. Now he doesn't move very well in the pocket, you know, his footwork far as like that is not there yet. And that's to be expected when you're a freshman, you come straight out of high school, you know, you're not used to um, guys like Josh Allen come off the edge, you know, you're not used to you know, uh, Clowney, you know, he's played South Carolina. Come on, you know, you're not used to that because in high school you can scramble, you can dance around a little bit. But when you start playing in the SEC, not even necessarily the SEC, this team, when you play a mid-majors college, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have some good defenses and they're going to try to throw a lot of wrinkles at you to, to throw you off. And so um, I think that, you know, Bo will definitely have his opportunity. Um, I, I'm going blank on the kid who might be the, third string who's from I think Somerset maybe he went to Southwestern he's pretty good as well too so he may maybe some somewhat emerge more than Bo Allen you know I can't think of his name and I apologize for that but uh he's another guy who's about 6'4 and has a strong arm as well and he, um, he looked pretty decent in, in practice and then they have uh, the fourth string who's a quarterback one the guy who's on the the Netflix series uh yeah, Galzo, yeah, he looks super tiny out there. He's like, looked like he's about five eight or nine. He he looked, he. I mean, it was unbelievable because you know you look at Will Levis, you look at Bo Allen, you look at the kid that came from, uh, you know, down in Somerset. They're all about six four and up. And then him, he was about five eight, five nine. It was, uh, he might have. I mean, they might listen to six foot, but he looked like a high school quarterback, like a like a JV quarterback. Um, so. Uh, I think that – and there's no, nothing against him. I'm just saying this the size difference, you know. Um, but um, I just think that, you know, Bo Allen definitely has to be ready because, uh, like you said, I mean, you know, any given night, you know, if you don't come to play or, you know, you might have an off night. You know, like you said, he might throw a couple of picks, might get rattled. He might get rattled in the first game, you know. I'm sure coming out, you know, playing – in Kentucky, first game, fans are going to be there. It's going to be loud. You, you'll be nervous, right? So it may take a couple series for him to settle in. Um, I doubt it because he's played at Penn State, so he's been in an environment where it's been loud and hectic. So, um, But I think a guy like Bo Allen should definitely be ready because you just never know uh, what could happen. You know, And that's, that's something I think that Kentucky is getting better at, is having backups for the backups. You know what I mean? Like – you used to be this first string, and then now you go to your second string, you were struggling big time. You see the big drop-off. But I think Stoops has done a great job of building, you oh, know, the second string, you know, maybe in the third string. You see guys – I mean, because Benny, when he came in, he was third string, right? I mean, you had, like, Boo Williams, and then you had um, – uh, Boom Williams – sorry, Boom Williams. You had um, uh, – A. Not, I was going to say A.J. Rowe. I'm drawing a, a blank. Yeah. yeah. Benny, Boom. Ben Boom, Benny, and there was a – I can't think of his name now. I don't know why I just went blank on his, uh, who it was. Kaya so, Sharon, the uh, quarterback, though, I did remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes your third-string guy, you you might not know what you got into because some guys are gamers, right? I think Benny was the exactly gamer. right. And that, you know too, I mean? stop, I'm going to stop you right there because that was my biggest takeaway – when Will Levis got named starter, is I know that it was kind of trending that way and it wasn't any huge surprise. But when Mark Stoops went out for the press conference, 
it was so telling to me, like just kind of hearing him in press conferences and stuff, his voice just kind of changed. And he, just the way that he presented it when he talked about the first pass Will Levis flew in Kroger Field was that like 60-yard bomb to Wandell. And I, <laughs> and I mentioned that because you, you said that about just guys being gamers. And I think all indications when, when Will Levis, you know, decided to transfer from Penn State, um, you know, got here a little late, but all the drills are doing, all the stuff, it looked like he was the guy. But just like you said, the coaches know. I mean, there's gamers and then there's guys that get under those lights and, you know, they don't look like they did in seven-on-seven or in drills. And I think that was the last piece for Mark Stoops um, as he just really wanted to know, you know, they got in there. And, again, it was just a scrimmage. There was no fans or anything. Um, But that he feels like he has that component too, which was really the last question about him because all the other tangibles are there. I mean, he he can do everything else. So hopefully he – it translates well. And Kentucky can go get on those eight, nine wins this year. It'll be amazing. Um, yep. Let's rattle some more off, man. We can kind of start with checking on basketball real quick. But first, um, I don't think I got this one to you. This is a, a easy one for you, I guess, because you have mm-hmm. a, a bona fide nickname for sure. But I've been asking all the dad pod guests, um, what nicknames did you have like growing up and throughout your life? Can you think of any besides B-roll? Let's see. Uh, let's see. What did they call? I mean, they call me B Shay. Um, my middle name is Shay, so people call me B Shay. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do they call S-H-A-Y-S-H-A-E. me? S H A Y S H A E. How you spell it? Shay. S H E A. S H E A. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. Yep. I had that. Um, so um, call me that. Um, I'm trying to think what they call me. Um, they call me. It was kind of silly. <laughs> they used to call me Louis Lips because I had big lips when I was little. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Oh man, I'm trying to think what they used to call me. It's been so long. Like I said, B-Row has been the latest one. Everybody, uh, I like that question a lot. I think it makes people dig deep. Yeah, I think it's the second or third, and usually it's kind of towards the end. They were they remember one um, that they had had good or bad so yeah i yeah. figured you were probably a, a man of a, a few nicknames yeah <laughs> yeah b-rad b-rad's been all oh, right for, right right you know uh so so yeah i'm sure i'll probably think of a couple more but yeah that's the ones on top of my head i can think of you know b-roll b-shay louie and b-rad <laughs> all right cool <laughs> uh, if you think of any more shout them out but uh we can turn the pace of basketball because you correct me if i'm wrong on this but i believe you've covered a basketball event or two um over the summer right yeah, I, I went to the a little satellite camp. I went to the one in Bargetown, the very first one, E-Town, and then I did a couple in Lexington. Nice. Um, so same questions, really, I guess. I mean, that that's probably a really good one to be on kind of floor level with the basketball team. I mean, have less exposure to them for the most part, even um, than the football team. And then I know they canceled the, the kind of their postponed, I should say, that event that they were having in the, um, this weekend. It was supposed to be – so kind of uh, what did it look like, man? What stood out to you? Um, the t- big, small, um, I know they didn't play too much basketball, but what kind of what right. were your takeaways just from spending some time around the basketball team? Yeah, you know, I think that it looked like – I mean, I, I'm going to go off this last year. And, I, you know, it's kind of crazy because, like, I was never around the program last year, any of the guys, because of COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, just a weird year. But the bond on the, of the team looks totally different. Right. I mean, even with newcomers coming in, they seem like they all liked each other. Last year, I didn't feel like they liked each other. Just from watching on TV, just every it would look like Damian Mintz was the only one who was trying to make it to the next level, right? Because he knew that he was 
supposedly had his last year, but he ended up signing come. He decided to come back, but even with Boston and and um, you know, I, I hate to say it, Terrence Clark. You know, rest in peace. Uh, those guys that looked like they really wanted to play, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, like I said, I don't know that was. I don't know everything that was going on behind closed doors, but obviously it showed uh, on the court. And then you can tell Cal was definitely frustrated. But from this team this year, they seem to like each other. They seem like they are ready for a challenge and they really want to, uh, you know, go out there and prove that they are as good as they say they are on paper. And, you know, that looks like they have a little bit more experience, right? You bring in, the kid from uh, Davidson, you know, uh, Kel, what's his name? Kellen uh, Gr- uh, Grady? Grady yep. Kellen, Kellen Grady, thank you. Uh, you know, Ashibwe, um, you know, you got Mintz yeah, coming back. Got, different, right, man? Yeah, you have the um, – you really have the guys that are, like, experienced. And I, I, I think we added Kellen Grady so early that I mm-hmm. still feel like he's getting slept on because my man yep. dropped 2,000 points in division <laughs> I still believe he's going to be the leading scorer, and I'm hoping that he can kind of – because that's what – besides Davion Mintz, that's, that's – Kentucky just missed that last year. They didn't have anybody they could toss the ball to and get any type of decent shot at all ever, nope. especially nope. once the defense got set. And uh, Davion Mintz was about the only person – and I just always equate – he was just a hooper, man. Like, he's mm-hmm. a hooper. I was so glad when – he's the other one. He was so the first one, Kellen Grady, and then the last one to come back, Davion Mintz. I think those are probably the two biggest – um, kind of pieces to the puzzle because the, we just talked about that, right? Some people are gamers and, and some just aren't. And mm-hmm. I think Kentucky had a couple that maybe weren't last year, or at least not to the level that we needed them to be at the time we needed them to be it. Um, right. Yeah, I'm excited about, about those two guys. And I think that um, I think this team, again, just they're going to experience more of the crowd. We heard all last season, you know, just they didn't have the ability to, you know, have that, that same Kentucky basketball player experience on campus, off campus, at the games. Who knows how much that impacted the ultimate record, but if nothing else, they deserve to kind of get that exposure. And and things are going to change with Neil, man. That's one of my last questions for you is you're definitely someone that's kind of uh, plugged in to where I think that um, you would maybe know, I guess, project a little bit more about how this is going to work. I'm still kind of like my head's still kind of spinning um, with name, image, likeness. I'm, I'm happy for the players. I'm excited. Um, they deserve it. But at the same time, I'm also, I guess, a little bit uh, – a little bit anxious just to see how it's going to change the college game. And um, so I guess just what are your thoughts on that? Somebody that's been around the, the college game for, for so long and then just this boom, the, the switch flips and now everything's different. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm very happy that it happened, right? I mean, uh, college basketball, or I should say NCAA has been making so much money off of college athletes for so many years, millions and millions of dollars. Right. And then, Obviously, the kids, you, you get a free education. That's great, right? You know, you get a couple free meals. That's awesome. But, you know, so many of those kids had families that never could come and watch them play. And so why couldn't you use that money that you make at a university to fly in a family for five games, you know, or, or whatever, you know, set them up to where, you know, kids can have money. I know that some of the players, uh, you know, far as like the basketball team, football team, they would get little stipend checks and stuff like that. You know, they could work, make a little bit of money, but um, all the money that's going to these universities is crazy, right? I mean, you look at all the facilities that they're getting and that's definitely helping out the program, right? The weight room, the, you know, some of them getting, you know, updated arenas and all that stuff, but it's definitely time for some of these kids to make name, make money off of their, their name, you know, because 
the whole reason why we go watch these games, the whole reason why people tune in is because of these players. Mm -hmm. And so uh, definitely happy about that. Uh, I'm like you. It's kind of hard to see how it's going to really change the game because there's so many uh, moving parts with it, right? I mean, you know, um, I just hope that um, most of these players, you know, make the right decision as far as who they are, you know, coming in contact with to make money. And I, and I know that's where TJ comes in. Yeah, so I, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, your yeah. boy. So another uh, yeah. <laughs> double double dad pod vet. Um, is <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure he probably knew, but he couldn't say anything. I think just a couple <laughs> of days before the announcement um, yeah. came on the dad podcast. Dude, and you you would know too. I mean, no better person yeah. in the world to think oh. Not only is he yeah. super, super smart, super intelligent, mm-hmm. um, he's down to earth. I think he understands yep. kids for, you know, as well mm-hmm. as you can for people our age. And then most importantly, I know he cares about them a lot. He, um, yep. His personality um, resembles Coach Cal a lot in that way that I know he always is going to have the kids' best interest at heart. So I just keep saying, though, man, it's only yeah. going to take a, another Anthony Davis to come through and take a liking to Mr. Bisner. Then he's just going to yeah. be bouncing from Lexington and, and he's going to be like Rich Paul somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I worked with TJ for, for like seven years, you know, when we, we worked together at KSTV. And yeah, he's a great guy. He definitely knows the ins and outs of a lot of that stuff. He's great with people. He's very smart. Him and Cal are, you know, good buddies now because he worked under him. And Cal knows that, you know, he has the best intention for the kids. And I think that's the main thing when you're having a position like that, you have to have, you have to have the best interest for the kids, not necessarily yourself. You got to have for your kids, you know, for the kids, because um, you know, because when you're coming in 17, 18 years of age and you, you find out you can make a little bit of money, you know, your eyes get wide, you know what I mean? And you kind of lose focus on why you're in college, right? Obviously, you know, to play the game, get a degree if you stay four years, which most of them don't. But, um, you know, you got to stay focused on what you need to do um, while you're there. And I think Kentucky, I'm sure, with TJ and Coach Cal and the whole staff and, you know, everybody in the administrative, administrative uh, department are going to do a good job of making sure the, the guys are staying focused. They, they don't necessarily need to go out and make a lot of money mm-hmm. for, for themselves, right? Because most of the guys that go to UK or Louisville or Duke or North Carolina, their names are going to sell, right? They're going to, most of the guys are probably going to end up making millions of dollars going to the next level. So I think it's going to be very beneficial for guys um, maybe at the mid-major or maybe at another school. I I think a guy like Dante Allen could make a lot of money, right? Because Mm -hmm. he's from Kentucky. Um, He has a pretty good year. He can go around tour the state and make tons of money, right? Especially if he comes off a really good year, you know, and have a camp and make a little bit of money. But I'm sure that, you know, they will find ways to make money. But also I think that Kentucky will do a good job. The people in there like TJ will tell them, like, maybe stir them away from, yeah, exactly. you know, don't do not do this. Maybe you need to do that, you know. And so it, it's so wide open right now because there's, you know, when, <laughs> there you can almost do anything, right? I mean, um, so it's kind of good and bad in the same way. So I think it's all new right now. I think once, you know, you go through all the bad parts and get all the, you know, work out all the kinks and wrinkles, then it will be something I think that they can probably benefit off of. It's going to take a while, right? I think, I mean, the NCAA has been involved for many, many years. Now you take them out of the equation, 
and you try to figure out how to do it. And then you get all the people to running in to trying to make the quick bucks. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's a lot out there. So you, I would say just be careful who you are dealing with and who you're talking with and, and who's steering you in the right way, you know? And so, uh, I think at Kentucky, they, we know been around a program, you know, you know how tight they are around them about talking to us in the media, you know, they don't, they let them know, say this and say that. So I'm sure when it comes to name, uh, image and likeness that they're going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, I agree. And I've said a hundred times and we kind of wrap it up on that, that it's all you, you went through it exactly the same way. I'm going to say it is it's all going to kind of naturally work itself out. I think these people aren't going to keep spending money if they're not seeing any return on their investment. Um, You know, there'll probably be some players that get burned with certain forms of deals. So I think it'll kind of all naturally um, work itself out. And over the next, I don't know, like a couple, two, three, five years, you'll kind of start seeing um, it'll, it'll look a little bit more uniform, I guess, but I don't know. It makes my head hurt, man, between the, the transfer portal and nil um, both needed. I both think they're both the right thing for the person, but as somebody trying to keep up with everything, whew, it added, it added a lot <laughs> in the entire college game. Um, yep. And we saw that yesterday, even with the Alliance. So, I mean, times are changing, man, but um, yep. one thing that's not changing is we're always going to bring a lame dad joke to end the podcast. <laughs> dad podcast. So thank you, everybody that listened. These always go by so fast. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, you know, uh, by the time it gets to the end of the day, I'm like, oh, man, and then we do it, and it, it just flies by. So thank you for coming on, man. You're, you're one, of the, one of my favorites, dude. And, man, I, can, I really hope this time I'm for real. I won't be at the first Kentucky football game because I have a very important fantasy football draft in South Florida <laughs> I'll be traveling to. But I definitely nice. plan to be at the Missouri game, man. And I hope we're I hope they allow us um access down on the field with our mask on, however we have to do it to uh to get yeah. some that, to get some of that good content that um I really enjoy getting like on field level. Yeah, for sure, man. I hope so too. Like I said, I um uh we'll see how it goes because I actually bought a little mini package because uh, I didn't know for sure if I was gonna be working the games or not. Right. I still don't know yet, right? So I bought a little three mini three game mini package. Okay. So LSU okay. LSU, Missouri, and then uh, New Mexico State. And so, and I didn't know that Terry uh, Wilson was going to be the, you know, starting quarterback for New Mexico State. So hopefully that'll be like a homecoming for him. So, um, but yeah, so I, so hopefully, yeah, we'll be together on the sideline, you know, chalking it up, talking about, you know, what we do and in the, in the games and having a good time. Like I said, whether we mask up or whatever, how it works, uh, I guess we have to wait and see how it's going to go because um, things are kind of picking up picking back up here uh, with the whole pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, uh, whew, we're going to wrap it up on that one. Um, I'll do yeah. my dad joke first, man, and then I'll let you end it out. So um, okay. here's mine today. So I've really been telling a lot of relatives about the benefits of eating dried grapes. It's all about raising awareness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. All right, here's mine. Um, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You wow. follow the fresh prince. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I haven't heard that one. I knew it was going to be something. It, uh, every time it bothers me, I'm like, oh, it's, it's such low-hanging fruit, and, and I never get it. But, man, that was a good one. And that was uh, – yeah. so uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is by far our most uh, – Uncle Phil is our most, our most given uh, TV dads for, for new. Oh, yeah. You smoked it, Bradley, man. It's always great to hear from you. I know you have an uh, interesting perspective. Again, I like uh, – it's, it's kind of nice talking to, to guys like you that aren't really tied into an entity or necessarily, yeah. you know, representing um, someone else's interest from like a media standpoint. So you always keep it real. And I know you get to do some, um, some cool stuff. So 
Appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll, we'll circle back and you'll, you'll be one of our first uh, three-time guests too, for sure. Hey, well, Drew, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a good time to talk with you and catch up. And like you said, hopefully we can catch up in person, um, you know, uh, when a game come up, you know, here soon. So like I said, I always love being on here. It's always fun. Appreciate you. And then again, I want to reiterate, if you leave a nice uh, review, best review, this week, um, I send them a cool little care package. Just let me know at Big Blue Drew thirty three or at Kentucky Dad Pod or both, and then you can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like their interface a little bit better, and you can just search AC of Blue. If um you found this link on Twitter or something, you want to drop the review, I appreciate that. Big shout out to my man Sean Kroger. Um, he's a really cool dude. I appreciate him um doing the review, and I know he's really interactive with a lot of the um the BBN online and stuff. So. Good stuff. We appreciate all the listeners and we will talk to everybody next week.